one little thought that came to my head while I was reading the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which is Matthew 5. I always tell my kids, put your hand up to know when the Sermon on the Mount is. You have the little M on your palm, right? Stands for Mary, or in this case, Matthew. You have five fingers. Matthew chapter 5, that's where the Sermon on the Mount begins. So I was reading through that preparation for the next several weeks when we're going into that, you know, one of Jesus's most important moments of teaching. And noticing all the different parables, right, the images. And you know, when we humans speak and make those images, you know, we take something from the created world and we sort of adapt it to our idea of how we should behave or what we're trying to teach about. But for Jesus, him doing these metaphors, these parables, it's something all the more marvelous, right? Because he's not just comparing us to salt, us to light. He made salt. He made light. He made these things as creative, almost sacraments of what discipleship should be like. And so it reinforces all the more exactly what it means to be a disciple, to follow after Jesus, to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Uh, Each of these two, elements very much exist as carriers of something else, right? Light is meant to carry sight, to carry color from one thing to another that we may see, that we may know. Salt is really a carrier of taste. You know, they do little experiments where they will season a steak with all sorts of exotic herbs, but no salts. And then the other one They will season with only salts and no other herbs, and people will more likely prefer the one with just salt. Uh, Salt is so important when it comes to carrying that taste and letting us savor what is good in that food. Salt, so valuable as well that in the ancient world, your salary, salary literally named after salts, was sometimes given in this substance. It's the currency of discipleship. And yet both light and salt can be corrupted. You know, losing one of its elements, salt becomes either that poisonous gas, chlorine, or explosive metal, sodium. Light, you know, can be broken up. A white light diffused into many different colors. When shining those lights on something, they'll give a false impression of what's really there based on what color it's able to carry. So this sort of corruption of what salt and light can be, the corruption of what a disciple of Christ can be, uh, reminded me of of a little passage from G.K. Chesterton talking about the world as not so much full of evils, but full of these corrupted goods. He says it's something like this about a hundred years ago. The modern world is not evil. In some ways, the modern world is far too good. It is full of wild and wasted virtues. When a religious schema is shattered, as Christianity shattered at the Reformation, it is not merely the vices that are let loose. The vices are indeed let loose and they wander and do damage, but the virtues are also let loose. And the virtues wander more wildly. The virtues do more terrible damage. The modern world is full of the old Christian virtues gone mad. The virtues have gone mad because they have been isolated from each other and are wandering alone. Thus, some scientists 
care for truth, and their truth is pitiless. And some humanitarians care only for pity, and their pity, I am sorry to say, is often untruthful. So just a small example of something that we should be able to identify now going on any news outlet. Sometimes it's easy to judge something as malicious when really we could look at it rather in this light of, wow, that's a Christian virtue right there, but it's been isolated from every other virtue. A lot of times the virtue of love, of charity is this way, isolated from any sort of truth or faith or hope. A virtue of tolerance or of acceptance, isolated. Virtues that are running amok. And so we need not judge our brothers and sisters who follow these virtues, because indeed they're trying to follow something they perceive as good. But again, the salt has lost its taste. The light has been hidden under a bushel basket. And G.K. Chesterton would not know it, but being very much a prophet of the 21st century that he wrote at the very beginning of, would be one of the bloodiest, the bloodiest century, really, of human existence, of these virtues, old Christian virtues that were run amok in these totalitarian societies, where the church, you know, loses that grasp on the way of discipleship. People fall away. They retain those virtues sometimes, but only in part. There's not that balance. There's not that that wholesomeness, that simple salt, simple light are meant to bring. So the challenge for us today is how do I keep this savor? How do I keep this, this flavor, relish in this goodness of being a disciple of Christ? How do I live in the light? There are so many directions we could take this, but, but one such I offer you is, is sort of the system that was constantly uh, in place for us in the seminary when the church is training her priests So I offer it to you as a way, you know, certainly being a part of Christ the faithful, being just called as disciples yourselves uh, to keep your ship uh, set on that straight and narrow way. And indeed, the uh, the anagram is ship, ship with a P, and it has four different pillars, as it were. I I would say to you, you know, staying, remaining in these four pillars, being supported by these pillars will ensure that none of these virtues drift too far away from that core virtue who is Christ, the just man, the light for the upright. And so what are those four pillars? S is for spiritual. H is for human. I is for intellectual. And P is for pastoral. Hopefully this ends up online if you want to go back and find those again. But uh, keeping the ship going in that direction these four things. We were meant to always sort of have something on our plate in these four areas just to make sure that we're retaining that, again, that savor, uh, retaining that salt of the earth and retaining that light of the world in our hearts. One of those four, again, spiritual, right? Maybe being the most important one. Uh, Staying in contact with God in prayer. And that's going to look different for each and every one of us. What our spiritual life, our prayer life will look like but to really develop something that keeps you in contact with God throughout your day. You know, starting the day with a morning offering, just saying, God, you're here. This day you have made. I am here. I'm thankful for it. It is a gift to me. Ending the day, you know, examination of conscience is often recommended as, you know, looking through the day, looking at the blessings, looking at maybe the things that didn't go so well, maybe even the sins, but just saying, God, I 
I did what I could. Everything's now in your hands. I'm just finding what are those spiritual things that you will be involved with. You know, the Bible studies, of course, coming to church, uh, different sacraments, confession regularly, staying in contact with God. Again, that keeps those virtues from wandering too far away and from causing a muck in the world. After spiritual comes the human. And this pillar really revolves around just that level of fellowship that God created us for. God created us for communion, for community. So not to become too isolated yourself from that communion, to develop this human pillar, to develop friendships. Uh, So various, of course, activities here are planned for that in mind, solely in mind, just places where friendships can develop. Indeed, a parish is very much a model of friendships where you see other people that have this friendship with the Lord and friendship with one another and invite you into that. Uh, But it doesn't necessarily have to just be here, but developing those good friendships uh, all around you. That's a way, again, to keep those virtues uh, not in isolation, but together as a whole. Sometimes people are all too isolated in this world, and that's when they take a virtue and make it run amok, right? People are far too isolated. So to come and work on that human pillar, that pillar of friendship. And then uh, I, intellectual, okay, to always have something, again, on your plate, which is, you know, learning, you know, being that disciple who sits at the feet of the teacher, learning from him. You know, we don't want to fall into that trap, as St. Paul says, you know, I didn't come to you with the wisdom of the world. We don't just want to to win every argument. That's not why we're doing this intellectual pillar, because we want to know Christ and him crucified and him who died for us and saved us. We want to know him. And so again, many ways you can either in this church, all our church programs or, you know, on your own to have something on your plate where he's learning deeper and deeper the mystery of Christ. Uh, Not putting that bushel basket over that light that was lit in your heart in your baptism uh, to know the faith. And then lastly, uh, pastoral. Lastly, though perhaps in some cases most importantly, pastoral, you know, meaning like a shepherd. Like a shepherd who goes out and gives himself for the flock. So to have something to give yourself for, to have something uh, to love and to do only because you want to give yourself away. If you have a young family, you already have your pastoral ministry of the church in a sense. Um, but, you know, children as they grow might be chances to find something you can do together as a family or children growing up or being, you know, a devoted single disciple to the Lord. You know, what can you do that gives of yourself? in a way that moves your heart to love and to charity. Uh, Again, many opportunities here in the church and out there in the world, but to always have something perhaps on your plate that is is giving of yourself. Again, with that, those four pillars, again, keeping these virtues as one, uh, keeping our faith attached to our charity, attached to our hope, Uh, attached to our prayer, all of these things as one will make us the salt of the earth, that which carries flavor to those out there that are are longing to relish in the goodness of the Lord that will carry the light, not just a certain shade, not just rose-colored glasses of the world, but that true light, the white 
pure light of truth that people so long for. So brothers and sisters, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let set your ship on that light that never fades, the light that is Christ, who is the most beautiful, the sweetness that man was meant to find, the sweetness that we find here in the Eucharist.